0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: Now look what he said. He makes a statement down here in verse 6. God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, that they should bring them into bondage, and entreat them evil four hundred years. Four hundred years. That's how long they were down in that little place called Egypt. You ever heard of that? And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage, well, I judge, said God, after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. See, God is the one who gave that land to Israel. He didn't give it to anybody. He gave it to Israel. God says, the earth is mine. He even says, the cattle in a thousand hills are mine. He says, the gold and the silver is mine. Well, if it belongs to God because he made it, He can give it to anybody he wants. He chose to give it to Israel. And Israel has had a problem keeping it all these years. So for about 4,000 years it's been a problem. Because you see, Ishmael was also become the father of many nations. And they also greatly multiplied until today there's probably 50 or more nations that are just of the uh, Arab belief of the religion of Islam. That is a different religion, but this is what God promised in His Word. He says the children of the bondwoman will be many more than the children of the free woman. So through Isaac, there won't be as many. So look how few Israel is and how many the others are. Well, God said that was going to be in His Word. That's found in the book of Galatians in chapter 4. If you've got a Bible, you can read it, study it for yourself. But look what he says. He says in verse 8, And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. So Abraham begot Isaac, circumcised him the eighth day. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. Now you don't even see Ishmael's name mentioned here. It's not mentioned. Because he's not of the seed. It was not through Ishmael. It was through Isaac. And that's why even to this day, there is a hatred There that it shouldn't be because it was the will of God. But it's hard for people to believe what the Bible says. So they want to change the Bible or add something to it. This is the book. This is the book. And the book tells us how it really happened. And majority of people never read what this book has to say. Look what he said In verse 9, he says, in verse 9, "...and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him, delivered him out of all his affliction, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Now there came a dearth or a big famine, over all the land of Egypt, and the Canaan, and Canaan and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. So Jacob, in verse 12, heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent his fathers out first. Or he says, our father's out because Stephen's is staying it." Remember, he's talking to his people. And he's telling them how we got into this mess. Because remember, the children of Israel, they didn't like Christ either. They didn't want nothing to do with Christ. Because, you see, they didn't believe what the Scripture says. The Israelites had the same problem that the Ishmaelites have today. Nobody wants to believe what God says. So Israel had been kicked out of the land for 2,000 years. And there's a hatred toward them from the children of Ishmael. And they hate them to this day. This shouldn't be that way. But God's word tells us what's going to take place even in the future. But look what he says. In verse 13, And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren. Joseph Kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all of his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls, and they all came down into Egypt. And of course, as you know, the story after 400 years, well, they had multiplied. Now Pharaoh was concerned that if somebody wanted a war against them, well, here sits about two million Israelites that could join up with them and take over Egypt. So they thought, we'll just kill all the male children, kill all the men children. So he says, In verse 17, but when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose, which knew not Joseph. Didn't know anything about him. Just think, America is a little over 200 years old. Look how much has been done in 200 years. Did you know there's people today that don't even have an accurate understanding of the history of America or the understanding of the Bill of Rights or the Constitution today? Give it another 200 years, and what would we think about our founding fathers? Look how terrible we are in 200 years. What it would be like in 400 years. Well, it was 400 years. And it says in verse 19, The same dwelt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children. To the end they might not live. Uh, This was a result of abortion, any other way they could do it. They would kill the children as soon as they were born. And in verse 20, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house for three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deed. And when he was full, 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. See, he's telling them what happened and what Moses thought. So he's not speaking against Moses. He's telling the truth about Moses. Moses thought, By his actions, they would all rally around him, and he would lead his people out. He already knew what he was supposed to do. His timing was off by about 40 years. So whenever they found out and squealed on him, he knew that everybody knew. He took off, and he fled and lived on the backside of a desert for 40 years. And then after 40 years, God appeared to him in a burning bush. And so God goes through this story and tells what happened and where the law came from. And it's all about what God promised to the nation of Israel through the son Isaac. And look what he says. He makes a statement down here in verse 27. But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Will thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, was a stranger in the land of Midian where he begot two sons. And when forty years were expired, there appeared unto him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him. Do you think this deacon had an understanding of the word of God? Remember, they couldn't quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. They could not quote, you know, 1 John five thirteen that says, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. You may know that you have eternal life. They couldn't quote John three sixteen that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever they in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, they had to use the Old Testament. Why? That's all they had. That's all they had. They had the Old Testament. This is the very first century. This is right after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is in the first church. And great things were happening. And so... In verse 32. And this is what he's saying. I am the God of thy fathers. The God of Abraham. And the God of Israel. And the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him. Put off thy shoes from thy feet. For the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen. I have heard. Seeing the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groanings and am come down to deliver them, and now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Does it sound like Stephen is against Moses? He Moses is the one that gave the law. See, he's not against those things. He's telling them what happened. He's giving them the right sequence. He's letting them see how that the children of Israel have always been rebellious. They're always rebellious. They don't listen to what God has to say. And so God has to whoop them. And one of the worst whooping Israel is ever going to get is right ahead of us. You see, the Word of God tells us that there's going to be a peace treaty made with Israel and the Arab nations. I believe it's coming. But it'll be a false peace treaty. And the nations are going to try to annihilate the nation of Israel. They want to drive them into the sea. They want them, everyone dead, dead, dead. The Bible says this is what's going to take place in the future. And if Jesus Christ, who is the Lord, doesn't come back, there is no hope, not only for the nation of Israel, there's no hope for the world because God says that unless he comes back and shorten those days, there'll be no flesh left alive. We're living at a time when man can destroy man from the face of this earth. There's people today that are concerned about Iran getting the bomb. Pakistan already has the bomb. And now, sweet America, we're going to send them over there. I don't know how many of these new planes. So that they can defend themselves. But you know who they're right next to? The nation of Israel. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes I'm not sure about the President of the United States whose side he's on. I'm just telling you the truth. You get mad, you just get mad. But I'm not going to be intimidated by anybody. I know this book. I believe this book. And I can see what's going on. And I'm not dumb. I believe a lot of people are. They just don't see it and they don't understand it. This is important stuff. We're living in a crucial time in our country. Well, lo and behold, we are in a heap of trouble. You just wait and see. If there isn't some kind of a national crisis. See, What's going on right now, ever since the last election, is to create a crisis by which the people cry out, the government's got to do something. And every time the government does something, it always takes away more of your freedoms and liberties. Puts you further into debt. And then after a while, create another crisis. It's got to be passed now. Pass this bill right now. We've got to have it now. And so, oh, yes, we've got to do it up. And they're all manufactured crisis. And we're going to have some more coming down the road. And we're going to have chaos in America. You just remember I told you so. Do I want that? No, I don't want that. I want America today free until the rapture. After that, let it break loose. I don't care. But that way all the Christians, were out of here. But it ain't happened yet. You know what? I have no clue if I'm going to finish this tonight. You're one in that too, aren't you? You say, you're going to try to finish this whole chapter? Well, when I started off, I was going to. But I want you to see, because all this is so important. He says and and makes this statement here. In verse 35, Then Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared at him in the bush. He brought them out. After that, he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses. So this is the one that I'm talking about. He is talking about Moses, and they can't dispute anything he said because this is Scripture. And they read the Scriptures every Sabbath day. But they don't understand, and the people are rebellious. So he says, this is that Moses which was Uh, said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear. Moses said that there's a day coming in the future that God's going to raise up a prophet just like Moses. And he is a ruler. And he is a judge. And he's coming. And he said, This Jesus, he's the one Moses talked about. And he's the one that I'm telling you about. You say, Well, no doubt they saw the light. And all the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and all of them, they all joined together and sang, I wandered aimless, life filled with sin, I saw the light. Do you think that's what they did? No, they didn't see the light. Most people never do see the light. Because you see, whenever you're in error, you don't like to admit it because of pride. Pride keeps a man from admitting, I am wrong. I was wrong... For 18 years of my life. I thought that I had to be good to go to heaven. No. You have to be perfect to go to heaven. So I was wrong. I also thought I could earn my way to heaven. By how good I was. Wrong again. I was wrong. You can't earn eternal life. I did not know that Jesus Christ was the Lord. I never heard that. But one night. In a little old living room in Athens, Georgia. My father-in-law explain to me something very simple. I didn't know all these Old Testament stories. I didn't know the books in the Bible. I didn't know any verses. I didn't know one verse in the Bible. I didn't even know Jesus wept. Didn't know that. I didn't know there was an Old Testament or a New Testament. You say, we're living in an old Christian America. Everybody's a Christian. I mean, I was born in America. Doesn't that make me a Christian? I used to think so. Now I knew better. And I trusted Christ as my Savior that night. When I understood... That Jesus Christ died on that cross and paid for my sins. And when he paid for my sins, all that I had to do to go to heaven was to believe it. And I wouldn't have to pay for my sins. I don't have to go to hell to pay for any sin. Because Jesus paid for all of mine. Now stop and think. Most people never think this deeply. If, if, if Jesus Christ is the Lord, if he is God, and if he did come into this world... And if he did die on that cross, and if he did come back from the dead, and he did pay for your sins. If he paid for your sins, why should you have to pay for it? Only reason that you'll ever go to hell is because you don't believe he did it for you. See, there's a God in heaven that says, if you will believe that I did this for you, God said, I will give you as a free gift eternal life. You see, most religions, and there's thousands of religions, and they're man-made. And none of them can tell you absolutely positively that you can know if you're going to go to heaven when you die. None of them. There's only one. And that's true Christianity. Most churches that call themselves Christian church are not Christian churches. They're just not telling the truth. They use the name Christ. They might even call it Christian and all that. That's not a Christian church. It's not the one that Christ taught. It's not talking about the gospel that's in this book. God's Word says eternal life is a gift, totally free. Well, if any religion tells you you have to live a certain way in order to go to heaven, it's false. That's not the truth. That's a lie. And many people do not see and understand that when Jesus Christ came into the world, yes, God gave Moses the law, but not to save a man, but to reveal to a man. That he's a sinner. What God gave to Moses was a mirror. So that everybody could look in the mirror and see what you look like. And you're not holy. You're not righteous. You're not perfect. You're not good enough. You cannot go to heaven according to your good deeds. Because you don't have any. We're all sinners. I deserve to go to hell. But I'm not going there. It doesn't matter how many people wish me there. But 51 years ago, as an 18-year-old teenager, I heard for the first time that Christ died for me. He paid for my sins. And if I would trust Him as my Savior, He would give me as a free gift everlasting life. And I would go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for me. Let me show you something. This is so important. And this is the crux of the whole matter of everything Stephen was talking about because he was talking about what Christ did, that the law could not save. Even the knowledge of the Bible won't save you. There's only one thing that can save a man. Look up here. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, if you're a Pentecostal or a foot-washing Aborigine, Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, a Baptist, a, a religion of Islam. I don't care what the religion is. You only get to heaven if you do what God says. And God says this. Letting this hand represent you and me. This is everybody in the world. You and me. Everybody. We are all sinners. Means we've all done things wrong. And to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God in hell. So since everybody is a sinner, everybody is condemned. And the only thing that we have to do to go to heaven is be perfect. And nobody's perfect. And because of that, God says because of sin, we can't get in. So the question is, what do I have to do to get into heaven? How does a person who is a sinner get into a perfect place? That's why God won't let none of us go to heaven the way we are. Because we're all sinners. Look what we've done down here. What do you think we would do up there if we all went just like we are? All of a sudden God just transferred all of heaven just like we are. And we stayed just like with an old sinful nature. We would hate and lie and steal and kill and rape and murder and all. Everything we do here, we'll do there. And then where would God move to? I guess he could create another heaven. But here's what he did. God says, this hand representing the Lord Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh. Not just a good man. Jesus Christ was God revealing himself to man. Because nobody's ever seen God. And God says that to go to heaven you have to be perfect. But you've got to pay for your sins. Because God is a just God. And if we try to pay for them, God says going to church won't pay for your sin. Giving money won't pay for your sin. Trying to live a good life won't pay for your sin. We need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He came into the world. He lived a perfect life. He didn't commit one sin. So he didn't have to die. All of us... We did. So Christ, who didn't have to die, but because He loved His Father, because He loved us, He took upon Him all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross. So when Christ died on the cross, He didn't just die for the children of Israel. He died for all of us Gentiles, too. He died for all the Arabs. He died for all of the, the Indians. And He died for all the Mexicans. And He died for uh, every. Everybody in the world. And that's why he says, for God so loved the world, everybody, that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. That whosoever, anybody, don't matter who you are, you'll believe that when Christ died, he paid for your sins, then you don't have to pay for them. You see, I don't have to go to hell and pay for my sins. Why? He died for mine. So 51 years ago, when I heard this message, I couldn't believe it. I had argued with my father-in-law for several months because it was too easy. I said, "Surely you got to do something. I said, no, all I have to do is believe it. And so it finally clicked with me one night. And it made sense. And I, there was no tricks to it because I didn't have to join a church. I didn't have to get water baptized. I didn't have to go forward in a church. I didn't have to sign a card. I didn't make any promises that I'm going to be a goody boy now. Never do anything wrong again. I wasn't about to start lying. Become a religious hypocrite. I'm a sinner. it's what I am. So are you. You're not perfect. You're no better than I am. But Christ died for all of us. Took all that sin and paid for it on the cross and came back from the dead. And God said that if we would believe it. That he did this for us. That he would give us as a free gift everlasting life. See I'm going to heaven. Not because of what I've done. But because of what he did. See Jesus Christ told his disciples. Go into all the world and preach the good news. Did you know that there's some religions. There's a lot of them. But some religions. They don't have any forgiveness in their religion. They don't have a God that's truly forgiving. Or a God that really loves them. They don't have a God who's done anything for them. This one is totally different. You see, God says, this is what I did for you because I love you. You see, He didn't ask me to, I don't have to do anything. You mean you can trust Christ as your Savior and God will give you eternal life and you don't have to serve Him? No, I don't. He loves me that much. And it impacted me so much, so greatly, that ever since I understood this, for the last 50 years, I want to serve the Lord, and I want to walk with the Lord. Because I know that whenever I die, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I, I don't have to kill anybody to go to heaven. I don't have to do anything to anybody to go. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did. He died for me. I don't have to die for Him. Isn't that good news? You see, if I offered you my wallet and you accepted, what would you have? An empty wallet. Well, you all are learning fast. If I offered you this microphone and you accepted, you would have a microphone. Well, if Jesus Christ walked in here right now, and He's the Lord, and He offers you eternal life as a free gift, and if you accept it, what would you have? Eternal life. If it's eternal life, how long will it last? If it's eternal. Last forever. And if all of your sins are paid, what sin now can condemn you to hell? If you accept, no, I can't go to hell. You couldn't either. Did you know that when you get up off that pew and you walk out those doors, you could say, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Because tonight, I trust Christ as my Savior. Because I believe he died on that cross and paid for my sins. And God says, if you'll believe that he did it for you, he will save you and give you eternal life as a free gift. Would you believe that? There's no tricks to it, no gimmicks. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you're listening by internet, I hope that what I've said made sense to you. I can't see you. I hope that you can see me, and I hope that you can hear me. But I want you, regardless of who you may be, regardless of what your religion may be. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There is no other name given under heaven whereby a man must be saved. and That name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jehovah. He is the Lord. And he came as the anointed one, the Messiah. God in the flesh. Don't reject him. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is God. So right now in the quietness of this moment, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I am going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know if what I said if it made sense to you. And I'd like to have prayer for you. So tonight, would you right now, the best you know how, say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus Christ died and paid for my sins. And right now, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, would you do that? If you will, God said he would save you right now, save you from hell. The payment he made on the cross, put to your account. You won't have to pay for one sin because he paid for all of them. Until the day you die, they're all paid. Would you believe that? It's all he asked. If what I've said made sense. You say, Yes, preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ right now as my Savior, and I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Just real quick, just slip it up. Yeah, anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you've already trusted Christ as Savior, you don't have to do it again. If you're watching by internet, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for you to just click on the email address, and I'd like to know that you heard and that you trust the Lord. Our Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We're thankful for your word that you've given us. And we thank you so much for the testimony of a man that's been dead almost 2,000 years. But, Father, you used him in a great way. We're thankful for it. And to have his sermon of what he preached and what happened. And, Father, we ask your blessings upon us as we study your word to do the things that you want us to do, not to get to heaven but because we're going there. So bless each one of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Take
0: my Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge.
1: So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace amazes me.